0: One of the biggest questions that we get at the remote closing Academy is Aaron how quickly can I get placed into a gig and make 10, 15, $20,000 a month and the answer to that question well we're actually going to go over in today's episode of the podcast because usually you know I tell people hey it's probably going to take some time to get to a point where you're making twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 a month but today's guest he was actually able to come into the program and within three weeks get placed into an offer that is at the minimum KPI going to pay him $12,000 a month so if you want to learn exactly how he was able to front load a ton of that, the mindsets that he used, and the actual work that went into it, make sure to stay tuned for today's episode. Well, first of all, welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, man. Super happy to be here. Excited, man. Thanks for the opportunity to hop on.
0: Yes, sir. So there's a, there's a lot of similarities between mine and your journey, and we'll we'll dive a little bit into that. So before... We even dive into, you know, the, the remote closing stuff and the successes you're seeing and things like that. You know, the way that we like to start it is just rewind the clocks a little bit. You know, what were you doing um, even before like the social media, like online space? Um, I guess just maybe dive into some of that for so people can understand your your backstory.
1: Oh man, before I started in the social media space, feels like forever ago, but I was dude, I mean, I got that uh, classic, you know kid from the mom's basement story. Like, but I really, that's really me, dude. I I come from, you know, um, you know, single mom grew up in my mom's basement. Didn't really know what I was doing in life, working at a call center, you know, for a dermatology company. And, um, you know, my, um, you know, my, my daughter was born in 2018. I, I had a daughter coming and, um, I started learning social media marketing like around 2017. So my daughter was born in 2018. The job that I was working with at the time kind of let me go, fired me, you know? So like literally my daughter was born in February. I was fired in April of that same year. So I was kind of like, yeah, dude, I was kind of like, what the hell am I going to do? So, you know, I just started going out there, going to like local businesses, doctor's office, dentist's office, like all that stuff. And just selling Facebook ads and social media marketing and failed miserably like the first couple of clients but you know I started buying courses and I started getting mentorship and then I just got better and it just, you know skyrocketed from there man so you know I got into the online space literally like right when my like 2018 when my daughter was born so yeah it's it's been a journey man for sure. sure
0: even before I even knew that, that part of it, I said, there's similarities just from like the agency space. But for me, when I first started my agency, um, I actually almost exactly the same thing is I was working uh, a job at the time. This was like 2015, 2016. And, uh, I started my agency, but was also like working that, that w- with, uh, with current job. And they found out that I had the agency and they let me go like the next like week. So it was like, and this was like at the end of the month, like I didn't have any money in savings. I dropped the rest that I had on uh, on like a program to, you know, to build this up. And so it was just like, yeah, it was it was a make or break time, um, which I'm sure you, you probably felt at the time, too. So, um, yeah, let, let's maybe touch a little bit on that. Like how how much do you think that played into, I guess, your successes early on within the agency?
1: It, it, it was a lot. It was a big motivator for me, man. Yeah, I had to figure out a way on, on how to make it happen. You know what I mean? For me at that point in time, and I really wasn't, I wouldn't say it was an agency because I didn't really didn't know what the hell I was doing. Obviously. I was just being like a freelancer. I would say
0: I was I like- think a, that's, I think that's what we all do. I was a freelancer.
1: <laughs> I was freelancer, dude. So like, um I had to make it work, man. You know what I mean? Because if to me, if I didn't make it work, I mean, how am I, I going to be able to kind of provide for my family at the time? So, um, you know, like I said, I, I just got, I paid- thousands and thousands of dollars for like court on courses and mentorship. And I became a beast at it. Honestly, I mean, to my own horn, but yeah, I'm really good at social media marketing. I I got to even a point where I became, you know, a director of social media for a company, you know what I mean? So coming from my mom's basement, you know what I mean? And getting to that point was was really significant to me. Um, But that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for like the fire that I had just to be able to provide for my daughter and you know, the mentorship and the amount of money I put into learn to skill even more. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's, there's huge, huge correlations between like someone that, that invests in themselves versus not. Right. Cause you can, you know, you have two people, right? It's, you have the one that's like willing to grind it out and like learn everything from scratch and, and do that. But then you also have the other person that still wants to grind it out. But like, yeah, I forgot the, the quote specifically, but it's like they, uh, you know, ride on the shoulders of giants of the people that have already done it, that have already seen success. And it's like, just implement those things that they, you know, that they already know. So I think, um, yeah, I, I could agree with with, you know, the, the first investment that I ever made was just like, it was a complete uh, game changer, like a light bulb mo- moment for me of like, Oh, I don't have to like go out and try to recreate the wheel and, and, you know, figure it out myself type thing. Um, so, okay. So you, you go through the agency and, you know, you, you get the job with the, you know, the director at the, the company uh, what happens next? Like, how did you, I guess, make that transition or even learn about like the remote closing side of things?
1: Yeah. It, it's, it, it was kind of like, it, it, Like something just like snapped in me. I I always, I always say like, there's always like certain times in our lives where a light bulb goes off or there's a sign and you can either go right past it, walk past the sign, or you can take the sign and grab it and run with it. Right. So for me, it was more of like, I got the director role and I got the office and I sat down on my desk and I'm 33 years old now for me, you know, 33 is like super young. Like I still have like 35 years to retirement. Right. So I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, I should be super happy about it. And I I just remember like saying to myself, like, is this it? Like, is this where I'm going to be for like the rest of my life? Like, and I actually, I, I wasn't satisfied with that. I wasn't happy. And then I started to realize like when I was freelancing, doing the social media stuff, I enjoyed, you know, building rapport and, you know, just talking to the business owners about how social media could help their business. Like I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. that part. I didn't enjoy doing the work. I didn't enjoy doing the marketing, although I was good, you know, I became good at it. Um, I didn't enjoy doing the work. Um, the same thing with like kind of like interviews. Right. So like, you know, when I interviewed for the job, I enjoyed sitting down talking about myself building that rapport and I just remembered, you know, when I sat again, when I sat on the desk, I was like, I can't like this, I'm not satisfied with this. This isn't, you know, I was making six figures, yeah. you know what I mean? So I was kind of like, but I was like, no, like this, this isn't something's not right here. So, and I remember I was following Cole for a while and then it, it just stuck with me. I was like, maybe I'm just better at sales. Maybe I, I need to be in sales rather than be in marketing and, you know. And then what happened was, again, the sign right. I was pulled into my boss's office. Maybe like a, a couple months later, a lot of layoffs were happening, but I was one of the lucky ones that stayed on. But it, it I look at it half full. I got my salary was cut by forty percent, so it was kind of like, dude. That's a, that's a sign. Right. So I took that sign and I kind of just, again, I ran with it. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to allow anybody to be in control of my income and my destiny of what money I want to make for my family. And, you know, that's why I kind of turned into RCA and learned more about it.
0: And I am. You know, you said a lot of good stuff in there. One of the things that I did want to touch on though, is cause I think a lot of people get into that situation, especially now, like in, in these, you know, in the world that we live in now of just like layoffs and you have know, the impending recession and you know, all the, you know, the housing market and stuff like that. What made you specifically make the decision instead of like, okay, you got pulled into the office and like, you know, some people, right. They would like Almost like grasp on to the the forty or you know the sixty percent that you had le- left over from the forty that got cut, and they're just like they hold on to that. They're like, all right, I need to do harder work. I need to make sure I don't get fired. What was the difference in in you like in you to make the decision of like, okay, I'm not going to accept this because I know that I'm destined for more. Like, what what was the switch in you that made you make that decision?
1: Honestly, this the switch happened a while ago. The switch happened when I sat at my like I said I sat at my desk. And I just realized like, dude, this isn't, this, this doesn't feel right. I'm not happy. Like I'm not, I don't feel fulfilled right now. I should be, I should be extremely happy right now. There's something missing here. And like, you know, I've always thought about, you know, working remotely being, having more time with my daughter, my daughter's four years old. Right. And I've missed time with her already. And so it was like, something's wrong. I one, I'm not satisfied sitting at this desk right now in this office and two i'm missing time with my daughter and then kind of when when that happened when my boss started talking to me it was like yeah like you said like i could have just been like all right listen it is what it is i'm still making good money it's 40 less but it's more money than you know the average person right so but i knew what i was worth i i, I felt like i was worth more than that and at the same time it was like the time with my daughter i knew i wanted to be remote and um, the income potential that I knew what I was worth. You know what I mean? So um, that was definitely the the switch for me that just knowing my worth and not being afraid to, you know, accept the challenge and
0: go after it. I love that you said that. And for everyone that's listening, like I want you to maybe like, if you feel any way, shape or form, like this is resonating with you at all, I want you to just like reverse like 10, like the last 10 minutes that we've been talking, because a really important part that that Julio is talking about is like, I can guarantee that if you've even gotten to a point where you're listening to this podcast, you, you have the same feeling inside. It's just the difference between feeling comfortable and getting a little bit uncomfortable, but the difference being that if you accept, if you feel that feeling and you accept short-term comfort, like being comfortable, you're going to sacrifice the long-term benefits of just being a little bit uncomfortable on the front end. Right. And I think that's a really, really important concept. Cause there's like so many people that I've talked to that watch your content that, that they just say like, I know I'm destined for more, but I can't do it because of blah, blah, blah. Well, if you actually wanted it, like you have to make a decision to change a little bit on the front end in order to reap the benefits. So uh, su- such good stuff, man. Um, So that transition from, okay, you're going from the agency into the remote closing. You said you fo- you were following Cole for a little bit. I guess how, like what did that process look like? Did you, you know, did you see some videos and you were immediately sold or did you, you know, did, did it take you a little bit to kind of like, you know, to-, to convert over on the remote closing side? Like, let- let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, so, you know, like, like I said, I was always... I've always liked this, the building rapport and sales aspect of what I was doing in the past, um, as far as like the agency stuff. Um, so I was always like, like Grant Cardone, I I followed Grant Cardone and, you know, um, Jeremy Miner, people like that. And then I started, I ran into Cole and, um, I'm pretty much, he was pretty much saying something like similar to Jeremy Miner, but I always felt like Grant Cardone was more of like pushy sales. And Cole was saying more of like, you know, building rapport and asking the right questions. And I just kind of fell in love with that a little more. So I started following him. And then the weird is how it happened was kind of weird. I actually called one time and I got on a call with someone to join RCA and kind of like that fear factor kind of jumped in and I was just like, I oh, know I have a good job you know I don't want to spend the money right now I just got this role I'm gonna stay in this role <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I was like, I oh, know it's not for me right now and then again when that happened when you know that that switch happened for me when you know I got that price that that salary cut it was like oh no now I'm gonna I it's either I mean they're gonna stay here and be miserable for the rest of my life or I'm gonna stop being afraid and grab the bull by the horns and make it happen. So I ended up calling again and I spoke with somebody and I was just like, let's do it, man. Let's go. I don't know how, you know, I got, you know, into a certain like plan to pay for a little bit and then pay again later. I didn't know how I was going to pay again later, but I knew I was like, okay, I got to figure it out. Now same thing with like social media, right? I got to figure out how I'm going to get this money. And so I'm going to join. I'm going to do what the hell I got to do, get a role, go all in and make it happen. And I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier. I mean, I feel like I made a perfect decision, man, honestly.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like, you know, coming in, in, in that situation of, you know, you, you didn't go full, full into it. You know, we, we helped you put together a payment plan. And then do you think there was like a, like a fire under your butt to be like, okay, I need to take action.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, cause I feel like if I would have paid in full, honestly, I would be like, all right, I had that in the back burner. Like, you know what I mean? When I'll get to it, when I can get to it, me having that payment plan was like, all right, I don't know how I'm going to pay this next one, but I got to make it happen. Whether it's I get it through this, through this course or get it in another way. Like I got to make this payment. So I chose the way of just, you know what, you know, let me just go all in. Let me take coaching. Cause I've always been super coachable. I've always loved coaching and mentorship. Mm-hmm. So like I said, let me take the bull by the horn, make it happen and prove to myself that I actually can make this happen. And even though I have no experience and, you know, with the right coaching and, you know, going all in, it it worked out, man.
0: Yeah. That's such an important part because, you know, I think when, when some people look at, at mentorship, they're like, Oh, like it's like, I, I have to spend money to get course material. Right. Which like, obviously that's a, that's a part of it, but more than that is that you're putting yourself in a situation where you have skin in the game. Right. And it's like, okay, I spent this money. I need to make the money back or or make the name the next payment as opposed to, you know, if you, you know, test it out yourself and watch some YouTube videos and stuff like that, like it's not going to give you the true, And not me, you know, I'm not saying every single time, but a lot for a lot of people, myself included, it's not going to really put the fire in your butt, give you the motivation to actually take action on that stuff. Right. YouTube University is a, you know, is step number one, I think, to do the initial research. And then, you know, if you're really trying to get to the next level, finding someone that can then hold your hand to get to that, that next spot.
1: Yeah and and it shows like it shows people that you care right so like when you put money into yourself it shows that you actually care about what you're trying to do instead of like oh well i found it on youtube i'm just looking at youtube like anybody could do that but when you're paying for things to enhance your skill level and to get better at it it just shows the other person that you're willing to do what it takes to make it happen and i think that's more important than anything else i mean having like you said having skin in the game like that takes that takes courage, that that takes takes a whole lot of things characteristic wise that shows the other person like, okay, I can place my bet on that person because I know he's gonna do what it takes to make it happen.
0: Yeah. And like just, just to add one other little piece on that, because all of this is like it all comes full circle, is one of the things that we teach in terms of like self-sourcing and, and finding your own gig when it comes to remote closing is in the application, if you don't have current sales experience, to physically tell the person that you invested in yourself to get better at that skill set because what's going to happen when you get on a call to then put an offer in front of somebody else where you as a closer or a setter have to sell that person into investing in themselves but how are you going to tell someone to invest in themselves when you haven't done it yourself right it's it's this like this inner like battle that happens to where if you can fully like bet and, and invest in yourself and then like feel that, 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 uh, you know, the feeling of being uncomfortable and, and you know, where your palms get a little sweaty and you're like, uh, is this the right thing or not? You can 100% like communicate that, that to the other person and say, Hey, look, I've been in the same spot as you. Like I was scared when I first invested in myself, like, and then you can bring them through that story to, to bring them across the finish line. So it's such a, such an important part. I don't want to, you know, go too deep on that, but, um, I think it's a really important, important part of the process. Um, okay. So you come to the program, And, uh, you know, you start taking action when in that process did you, I guess, internally say to yourself, okay, like this was worth the investment. Was it before, was it when you got placed or what was it before that?
1: Oh, it was 100% before that. Honestly, it was the onboarding process. When I spoke to my coach, um, that was like, because again i'm huge on coaching i'm huge on mentorship right so i knew when i had the coach and i spoke with my coach i was like this person is going to get me to where i need to go so i better like get on my because you know she was like this is you know i need you to do this and i was like wow you to do all this by next week all right cool you know i'm either gonna make it happen or, <laughs> or i'm not right yeah so you know and i'm big on am like i don't want to disappoint people right especially like mm. people who are giving me the, the their energy and their effort to like make me better i want to like go all in for that you know for for them as well you know what i mean so you know um that first call with my coach was like yeah this is i i'm in the right place i'm, I'm gonna do very well at this and she believed in me too man and you know an awesome coach man awesome coach. yeah
0: yeah it's the accountability thing right it's like you know, I, I relate it back to when I, um, when I was a lot, or not a lot younger, but when I was like 18, 19, you know, I was, I was going to the gym a lot and uh, I had this buddy where we would just like hold each other accountable. And it's like half the time, or I'd say probably more than half the time. The reason that I went to the gym wasn't because I knew that I was going to like lose weight or whatever. I just don't want to disappoint the other person and like not show up to the gym and you know, have to like text them and say like, Hey, like I can't make it the bubble. Blah, blah. It's like, I wouldn't do that. i would just be like. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm tired. Like I'm sore. Like, let's let's make it happen. It's the accountability aspect. Okay, perfect. So you come in, start taking action. I guess what were some of your favorite uh, parts and aspects of of the program? Um, you know, uh, up to this point.
1: Yeah, honestly, the, my favorite part of the program was when Cole was actually teaching about the LLC um, and how big that was for when you're in, when you're into sales and how to save on taxes. When, you know, doing LLC that was one of my, and the other part was just learning like how to flow, you know, the, the, the tonality of, you know, the sales process and how to talk and how to not sound robotic and how to not sound like you're, you're reading from a script. Um, Cause I think that's important, right? You don't want the other person to feel like, you know, everybody's super resistant nowadays. It's like, you know, rightfully so, right. There's so much going on, especially in this, like in, in this country here, like, there's so many things going on that everybody just feels like, just feels super resistant to everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. So to feel like, like, you know, you're having just a conversation with them and, and you're trying to provide value instead of trying to get a sale. Um, it's super valuable. And I learned that from Cole, just how to flow and, you know, how to sound like you're just talking to your friend and not like trying to sell a product just push a, push a product to somebody, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, just learning all that stuff and just the syntax and pitch codecs and stuff like that is, you know, I, I loved every second of that part.
0: Cool. And, and actually touching on that, because you know, going through the, the pitch codecs and learning the sales process. Um, you don't have any like previous sales experience, right? Outside of like having your own agency.
1: N- none. <laughs> Absolutely none. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a newbie. And I remember, um, I was, I was actually talking to my coach about that. I didn't really have like i don't know how i'm gonna get a role and everybody's gonna look over me i don't have anything and she was like you're selling yourself short you know you were you know making sales when you were kind of like out there you know selling social media services like you've been in the game you you kind of do have skin in the game so use that to your advantage and kind of go back to that point in time and take that and that skill that you developed without any you know mentorship and you know, kind of morph that into what you're learning now. And, um, she really helped me with that. You know what I mean? And rather than saying, I don't really have experience to say, you know, I do have some experience and I'm just, now I have Cole's kind of mentorship and, you know, using that to my advantage.
0: I think everyone like inherently, unless you're like a really, like, you already have like a a lot of internal, like self-confidence. I think most people will say like, well, like, I know, I don't have the most like experience, whatever, but I, this is what I tell everyone is if you've been in a capacity where you've like had to talk to people, like have to talk to people of some capacity, not even in sales, like I think you'll be, you'll be fine. You know, it's like, it's one of the, it's one of those things where like all sales is, is just like a really high level of communication and being able to, you know, not only to build, build rapport with that person, but also help them understand like there's, better ways of doing things and like, and helping, you know, that's a really cool way or the really cool part of like this type of sales is it's not this, uh, you know, this, this old school, like, kind of like you said, like Grant Cardone, like old, old school sales tactics where you have to like push someone into something, right? It's, it's more of like, Hey, they come to the call understanding they have a problem and they know that you might have the solution to that. And it's just your, your job to show them like, Hey, this is why this is the best solution for you. You know? Um, so you actually, you know, to touch on, on some of those wins that you posted up in the group. Cause I, you know, most people are always wondering like, all right, cool. Like how much money are we making here? <laughs> it's like the big number. So, um, you know, Julio actually recently got, got placed onto an offer that, that he loves. Um, so just kind of touching on that before, you know, I guess, how did you, how did you get that, um, the job offer?
1: Um, so I was, um, thrown into the pipeline, um, and, I had to go through a whole like <laughs> interview process, a group interview process. Um, but I, I, had honestly how I got thrown into pipelines. I was just I got really good at and my mock calls, man. You know what I mean? I, I did a lot of mock calls. A lot of them were like cringe worthy at first. I couldn't even listen to my dude. It was so bad. Like I didn't even I I'll never forget it. I, I wish I could like just pr- tell, bring my girlfriend in here so she could tell you how embarrassed I was from my first my call. It was so bad. Like literally the first my call I had, I didn't sleep the whole night because I kept oh, learning man. the script, learning the script over. I kept looking at it over and over again. I was like, I'm never gonna sound like that again. And dude, I just I I just got good and I gave my my. I think it was the second mock call I did because, again, I didn't sleep after the first one. I just kept going and going.
0: Well, real, real quick, real quick. I'm just curious, like, because w- I think there's two people in that situation. The first person is like, oh, my gosh, like, I will never do that again. I don't want to do any more mock calls. Like, I quit. Like, there's that person. And then there's, you know, obviously you kind of prevail through that. What what helped you make that that switch?
1: Honestly, I was both people. I I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. It was it was, <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, I was man. like, I can't do this again. But I but then I was like, no, like you know, I again, I paid money to get in here. How am I gonna get the other money to pay? I got it. I got it. Yeah, do this. yeah. So, um, I was just like perseverance, man. I'm never gonna sound like this ever again. And I did it. I kept going over the script. Kept going over the script. I kept learning and, and, and implementing new things. And I sent my second mock call to my coach. Um, I think it was a setter for setting. And she was just like, this is probably the top 10 mock calls for setting I've ever heard. And I was like, from there, I was like, I got it. Right. And I just kept hammering down. I kept like hammering wins, man. And then literally like a week and a half, two weeks later, she was just like, you're ready, we'll throw you in the pipeline. And I was like, for for setting. And she was like, No, you're good for closing. And I was just like, Okay. Hey. Yes. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's do it. I mean, so I got into the pipeline and I, I got this offer and I got in a group call and things worked out in my favor. And I'm in an awesome offer now, man. That that kind of, you know, resonates with me and, and that I feel good selling, you know.
0: Yeah, let's let's touch on the cause one thing we were talking about before. Uh, that you mentioned was that you were going up against some two pretty heavy hitters in, in the group interview. So, yeah. so talk about that really quick.
1: Yeah. So I got on a group call and, um, you know, I've never been on a group interview before. It was my first time doing any kind of like group interview. And I was with like two whales, man. They were like monsters. They've been in like, one was like in sales for like 12 years selling like $90,000 products the other one was in, much younger than me in sales already for like five years. I'm talking like 10 years younger than me. I was like, there's no way, though. So <laughs> so we got to the group. We got, I mean, I, I was just myself, man. You know, and I was honest. And um, th- there's one thing about me, right? Like, I may not, you know, and this is what I said to them. I was like, I may not have the experience. I may not have, especially in high ticket, right? But what I do have is I'm loyal. I'm honest. I'm an integratist, Right. And I have great uh, social skills. I have great rapport building skills. And I can promise you that if you hire me, you know, you won't regret it. I'll be one of the best hires you've ever had. Because again, I put, I put so much effort into what I do. I never want to fail. I'll constantly, constantly go at it until I'm a master at it. So I mean, it worked out. I mean, uh, the call was great and you know, I beat the two whales. (laughs) You know what I mean? It felt good, man. (laughs) Yeah, It was like one of of the biggest accomplishments besides my daughter being born. One of the biggest accomplishments I've ever had, man. I mean, it was awesome.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's, there's uh, even just talking about that. I think there's so much value and just like hearing, I want everyone to take note on just like the way that, that Julio speaks as well. Like, uh, I can definitely tell you have uh, one of the core values at in our company is uh, like having like a pro athlete mentality. And I think you really embody that in terms of like just a lot of the decisions that you've made and, and, you know, of, of kind of like looking at it as like, I will do everything that I can to, to make this work. Right. And, and everyone else, you know, everyone that is listening to, I think, you know, taking this, of and we've said it enough on this, on this show, I think like seven or eight out of the 11 interviews we've done, like the people have not had sales experience. So it's like you don't need sales experience at all. Like you can jump into this as long as like we've talking about, as long as you have like the grit, the perseverance, you, you know, you, you don't look at this as like this get quick, rich type, like business model. And you understand that like, you're building one of the most, if not the most valuable skills that you could have. Um, I think if, if you fully embrace those things, like you can not even just see success with remote closing, but anything you do in life, it's just, uh, having that, having that baked in, you know? Um, Okay, so so the offer that you're doing, um, just so that people kind of have an idea of, because um, you know you haven't jo- you know joined the or you know done done a ton of sales calls specifically in there, kind of in the ramp up phase. But what is like the on track earnings? Like what is what is possible to make per month at like minimum KPI on on that offer?
1: Minimum KPI on this offer is twelve K a month, which is like more than I've ever. Thought I could possibly make, and that's minimum. So yeah. then, and that's twelve k to twenty one k. So, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I feel super grateful um, and super blessed to even like be a part of something like that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like I said, I think a, a huge, huge part that people want to hear about is like, all right, cool. Like, what's what's the money aspect of it? You know, to get the uh, to get those people through. So. Cool, man. I guess like the last, the last thing. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't want it to sound like you know everything is like sunshine and rainbows and everything is perfect. Like, what what were some things that maybe you ran into as you were going through RCA that maybe was like a roadblock for you or kind of like a not necessarily like a low point, but just like something that you maybe struggled with outside of, or maybe it was only the mock call thing. Like, what anything else come to mind?
1: Um, I mean, during the, I mean during the time I was in RCA and I've been in RCA I was in RCA for like uh, literally like a month before I got this opportunity um it was the the second week um I caught COVID the second week so really it was three weeks that I got like into the pipeline that's how quickly it happened but that was the point where where I was like am I doing you know am I doing the right thing here like should I just go back to my nine to five and you know just relax and do, you know what I mean? I'm, I already made it there. Making good money there is fine. Um, like that that low point of just friction where I really didn't, I really, there was a point where I didn't want to do it anymore. You know what I mean? There, you know, But I had a reason, I have a reason why. I remembered my reason why I'm doing it. And I think I, for everyone, I think even when you do hit that low point, and, you know, it could be something simple as just Captain Colton, you know, and that's not simple, but, you know, or something happening to yourself. There's always going to be a, re- a point where you're just like, I don't even want to do this, or am I even worth doing this? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you have to have that reason why that pushes you from that valley of death and gets you to that, gets you through that, it pushes you past that breaking point. For me, it was my daughter spending more time with her and being in control of my own destiny you know what i mean and um i think that's the i think fear also is probably it could it could either work for you or it could be like your biggest enemy right so for me my fear of failing this failing rca and not finishing it and not being able to be there for my daughter was was more for me to go through with it than just going back to sitting at the desk living the simple life, living the easy life. So I think everybody, you know, you definitely 100% need to have that why factor on why you you want to keep pushing forward. Cause there is going to be a time where you're going to question yourself during the process. It might be through the pipeline. Maybe you won't get what you want to get. Maybe you'll go through a couple of interviews. You won't get it. But as long as you have that reason why there's not, honestly, there's nothing that can stop you and just keep going, keep trying.
0: Yeah, man. Dude, I love it. I love the story. I love where, where you are now. And I think we'll have to bring you on in like, you know, six months to do a little check in interview to see, uh, see how everything's going. So, so two, two quick, I guess, more things kind of along the same um, lines or, you know, same questioning. Uh, first things first, you know, what would you say to somebody that is on the fence about jumping into like the remote closing space in general, not even like within RCA or anything like that, that might be you know, in a similar situation where you in, where, where, you know, they were working a job and like they're making okay money and they knew that they were probably destined for more and, or maybe they've tried like building, um, you know, some other outside business, like a marketing agency or Amazon FBA or whatever, you know, what would you say to someone that is thinking about making that jump into just the remote closing space?
1: Um, the first thing I would say is, you know, if you're on the fence on it, why did you even want to jump in in the first place? Like what, 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 What's the reason why you wanted to jump in in the first place, right? Because there's always, to me, there's always two objections to things, right? One, I don't have the money for it, or two, you know, I, I it, it's just not the right time or something like that, right? And usually, two of those objections are they're not they're not relevant, right? The most relevant one is there's it's fear. You're worried. You're scared about something, right? You're scared of failing, right? And then that's when that why comes into play. Like, well, why are you Wanting to jump in in the first place, that should be a bigger reason why to jump in and get make it happen than to not make it happen. So, if you're on the fence with RCA, I can promise you that if you do make that and you give it everything you got and you're resilient and you're and you don't let fear take a hold of you, it's probably going to be most likely be the most the best investment you'll ever make in your life because it's not it's not only what you learn is the community that you have everybody in the community it, i mean to, to me the community is just worth the money so you know having people they say like your network your network is your net worth right you have that network within the RCA community so you're going to get the coaching you're going to get the the awesome community and what is going to sep- what separates this uh, besides everything else out there is just the pipeline you know they you know they're going to work with you until you get something so you know and even when you get something you're still going to get the coaching so to me it's a no-brainer you know what i mean like don't let fear hold you back from making an awesome decision because i promise you it would be
0: an awesome decision thank you for the kind words by the way i think um you know you you touched on it man's like community is like I think if if I go back to every single one of these episodes I don't think there's been a single person that hasn't mentioned like the community of different people to be able to you know to to mock call with to jump on calls like hold each other accountable give you a little bit of motivation like you know at this point we're getting you know two three different wins a day of people saying like this is what I achieved here's the offer that I went on and like it's just this it's such a Uh, like an enticing uh, what's the word I'm looking for not enticing it's just like yeah it's like an enticing thing to see every single day motivation of like okay this person is seeing the success and this person as well. And this person, like there's just so much going on in there. So yeah, I, I, I agree. Just, I love just like kind of scrolling through there sometimes and, and checking out what's going on and seeing who's win. And that's how we find people for uh, and that's what we got connected with Julio is posting his wins. Um, So
1: that the community, the community actually helped me put a fire in me even more because I'm seeing people with wins. I'm like, man, I want to win. Like what's what's going on here? Well, I come, I need to get a win now. So Nah, the community is awesome. The community is worth every single cent. Um, that's part of this, um, the payment for this. So yeah, man, a hundred percent.
0: All right. So we're about 35, 40 minutes in and what that means. And, and anyone that's continuing to listen to this, I'm I'm sure you're still, uh, you know, if you're not already in RCA or, you know, you're doing remote closing, you're probably like, okay, like, how do I learn more about this thing? Like, what is remote closing? Like whatever. Well, As always, in the description of this video on YouTube and in the show notes in the podcast app, um, we, there's a link to a video it's with my partner, Cole Gordon. Um, he's actually the guy that pretty much created this like world of remote closing back in 2015, 2016. Um, and it just goes over his story, how he went from making, you know, 2,500 bucks a month to, you know, at a point he did 500,000 in commissions in a single year. And, uh, that's what the video breaks down is just his story. And then also some step-by-steps of like how you can, uh, you know, specifically jump into the industry, learn more about remote closing. Um, I believe he goes over like example scripts and, and different roles that you can jump into just, just the overall video that breaks all that down. So again, if you want to check that out, um, down in the description as well as in the show notes, you can check that out if you want to. Um, and Julio, I appreciate you coming on with us. Any, uh, any last words you would give to anyone that's, that's listening to this.
1: Don't be, don't be afraid. Hop in, jump in, make it happen and be in control of your own destiny. And this is the perfect way to do it. So, you know, and join the community. We're waiting for you on the other side, man.
0: Let's go. All right, guys. Appreciate you listening. As always, make sure to leave a like, comment, all that good stuff uh, wherever you're listening. And we will see you guys on the next episode of the Remote Closing Academy podcast. See you guys soon. Peace.